following is a conversation between KVEK's Rockin' Robin Riley and Luke Becker of the Bram School District. It's all right here on the Q Media On Demand podcast. What a wonderful day it is for me today to get to have Luke Becker as my interview guest. First of all, Luke, good morning and thank you for being along today. Oh, it's my pleasure. So I'm going to, I don't think it's embarrassing because I think you're used to getting some accolades at this point in time, but let me just share a little bit that I have right in front of me so our listeners will know uh, who exactly we're talking to. So Luke Becker is from Kimball, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. And he was selected this year as the ACTE Region 3 Teacher of the Year, the Association for Career and Technical Education Region 3. Now that includes Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, and Missouri. So a huge deal there. And this is your year, Luke. Uh, You received the Minnesota Technology and Engineering Educators Association High School Teacher Excellence Award. That's a mouthful. In March of this year, you also received the International Technology and Engineering Educators Association Teacher Excellence Award in January. I'm not done as well as the ACTE Excellence Award from the Minnesota Association for Career and Technical Education. And at that time when this article was written, I'm drawing from that, they had put you in the running for the regional award, and that's one of the reasons I got a hold of Luke through my connection with Ken Gagner, thanks to Ken, is that you won that award as well. And just so many great things have been going on this year for you, Luke. But it's not about just you. I know that Everything I've read, you just keep coming back to the kids over and over. And let's start with the fact that you are an educator at Bram High School to start with. Yeah, I teach agricultural science and technology, and and basically my philosophy from day one was um, I hated building things that didn't matter and didn't have any point in, in high school. And so my philosophy has always been let's not build widgets, let's build things that have a purpose, even if it's a little bit far reaching and you know we've been designing stuff for nasa and super mileage cars that are ranking in the top two in the world at the moment and it, providing students with opportunities to you know think outside of bram but use the skills that were special with our rural students and and see what they can do to make the the world and and actually our solar system a little bit better well, it's awesome what you're doing, let me tell you. And let's start with, Luke, a little bit of background. I kind of hinted that you were from Kimball. Can you go back a bit? Give us a little hint how you grew up and where some of your inspiration has come. So I grew up and graduated from Kimball High School and Kimball Area Schools. Kimball's kind of famous for their ski hill, and my grandparents used to own it, so I got really uh, really good at skiing. And in the summertime, I spent most of my time race riding horses and racing dirt bikes and so you know, just picking up the, the little bit of skills you know kind of a drive for competition that i got there my brother-in-law is a um was a factory snowmobile racer so i picked up a little bit of mechanics from the snowcross side and then he got injured in a snowmobile race in uh, michigan when i found out about it like the first thought that went through my head is, I wonder how cool the prosthetic leg he's going to build is going to be. And then shortly thereafter was, what color is the X Games medal he's going to win? <laughs> and I've been able to work with him on several of his 12 gold medals throughout the years. And working on his stuff and snowmobiles and dirt bikes, you know, and pick up the skills that you need for the super mileage cars. We built a prosthetic foot 
when he picked up snowboarding, he and I were working on a project to help some downhill skiers. And I said, hey, can my students and some of our partners work on this prototype? And he said, sure. So we built six of them. And NASA saw one of those prototypes and was like, hey, would you build stuff for us? So everything has these really funny paths of, of how they all took place. And a lot of it comes back from my time in Kimball. And, and it's been a definite journey for sure. I didn't know the piece about your brother-in-law. Talk about necessity being the mother of invention, right? I mean, yeah. so he gets hurt. He ends up that he needs a prosthetic leg or foot or the whole the whole thing there. So he lost his leg uh, three inches above his left knee. Okay, wow. So he designed and built a, a knee and then a foot, and I was able to work for him for a handful of summers and help design and, and do some of the machining and assembly and fitting with uh, different athletes and military service members from around the, the country and the world. That is awesome. So you had to have had, I, I know we, we started out kind of with your high school life and things that you were interested in, but what about mom and dad? There had to have been an influence along the way for this manufacturing brain that you have to be able to come up with these ideas too. The manufacturing ideas, those are mostly Mike's from his capabilities, but my dad passed away of pancreatic cancer when I was in the ninth grade. Oh. He um, made me promise that I wouldn't hang sheetrock. It was a challenge, and that actually right. is how I got into teaching because I, I was really looking at it going, well, got to follow the promise I made, but kind of like working construction, and I like sure. these things. I want to find a way where I can still do all the things that I wanted to do and as a senior in high school, I was a state FFA officer and a region FFA president. And so it was something that I absolutely loved. And I, I looked at it and I went, well, there was two teachers that really helped get me through that situation. And one was a guidance counselor and the other was my agriculture instructor. And when I was coming down to making a decision between the two, I enjoyed the thought of, I want to try to get to some of the students before they're forced to be with me. And so okay. um, the teaching side won out and it's been a lot of fun because, I mean, bluntly, I get paid to play with Legos and build go-karts. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like I work most days. I feel like I get to explore technologies with students, and that's, that's a pretty good day. Okay, you went to college, and then when you got out of college, you had another job and then came to Bram. Give us kind of that odyssey. I taught in northern Minnesota for about a year and a half. And things were not going well there, and I hated teaching. Couldn't figure out what was going on and where my head was. And I got an option to go work with a bunch of military vets that had been injured in Afghanistan. And the school wasn't being real supportive. And I, I was like, you know what, I, I just, I got to leave. For my mental health, I got to go somewhere else and do this. And so I was working with the military guys, primarily, and I absolutely loved it. But when I go to sleep at night, I dreamt about being in a classroom. I struggled with that for almost a year. You know what? I have to go back into teaching. I miss it. My brain is telling me something, and I have to follow it. And so I uh, got a chance to interview in Bram. And as soon as we got here, everybody was, all right, cool. What do we want to do? And how are we going to make this better? And what are we going to do for the kids? And they have let me build my own program as far as, you know, what are the things that we want to offer? How do we want to best provide an education to our students? And I spend a lot of time each year trying to figure out from the students telling me, hey, we want more of this. We want to try this. We want to try this. And if it's in 
my purview to do so. I've been working on teaching it. So like this year we added a veterinary science class and, and we're just trying to provide opportunities and change the classes up because, you know, there's not three of me at the school. So it, it's a very limited number of electives that we're allowed to, to offer and trying to make sure that every kid in their four years here has the opportunity to take whatever classes they'd like to. What I am so amazed by is just the fact that you have NASA. You ended up with a $10,000 grant, I understand, from the folks at MIT, right? They have a program, and they presented you guys with that because they see what you're doing. I mean, this is national things that are happening for the town of Bram and the the students and you specifically, Luke. It's an amazing odyssey, really. It absolutely is, and it's funny where stuff came from and and how things evolved, but the super mileage cars actually is really why we are doing such cool things with NASA. They saw that prosthetic foot that we made, but when the engineers came and visited our school, they saw our cars and we had just gotten back from a contest in Sonoma, California. Mm-hmm. And they're like, holy cow, you guys did what with this car? And, and you guys built this all? How did you design it? And the washing machine that we got the grant for you know, so many of those parts and pieces were from the super mileage cars, huge amounts of them. And it was a lot of the componentry that those students had learned from super mileage that were going into the into the washing machine. I had told them, take what you know and expand on it. That's what we did. To explain to our listeners specifically, and I know you probably can't get into too much of the fine-tuning stuff here, but so the super mileage vehicle, somebody listening, that's really kind of what got you guys on the map, so to speak. And what is different about that as opposed to what we see on the roads today? So our cars actually, with really minor modifications, would be street legal. And we would have to put slightly bigger lights on them, but they have horns and windshield wipers, turn signals, hazard lights. In order for us to get license plates on them, we would have to increase the size of the lights themselves and get insurance on it. And I can come up with a lot better use of 700 bucks. But the cars themselves (laughs) are about um, four feet wide and seven and a half feet long. And they have space for groceries. They have fuel injection or we have an electric one that we're using right now that uh, we built the motor controller in our school building. We actually did all the assembly to it and programming. It's a different challenge. They're not the most comfortable things in the world, but you can give up some comfort when you're going 449.7 miles per gallon. That's just phenomenal. In a car. (laughs) So is it it all electric? Is it hydrogen? I mean, what does it run on, Luke? In the international contest that we do, there's a, an electric class, there's an hydrogen electric class, and then there's the internal combustion class, which is gasoline, diesel, and ethanol. And when we're doing certain classes, if it's easy, they won't let us do it. And so, like, <laughs> we have to use fuel injection on all the internal combustion cars, and very few motors out there in super small displacements are fuel injected. So it's... Uh, It's either very expensive or a whole lot of engineering to make everything work. And we did a little bit of both of that because we didn't take a a motor that had, that came with fuel injection. We've got two different motors right now that run fuel injection motors. And after seven years, we've gotten pretty decent at it. So you have more than one car or is it just one you've been working on the whole time? So I think we've built something like 14 cars over the nine years I've been here. 
if you come into my classroom, there's uh, eight of them hanging on the ceiling. So it's kind of fun to see where we've gone and over the years. If you'd be okay with it, find some time. I'd love to come down and just see your classroom, see how it all works, meet some of the kids. Would that be okay if we could work that out? Absolutely no problem. I'm one of these people, we can we can talk about it, but to see it will make a little more sense to me because it's way above my grade as far as how far my mind goes. It was not my long suit in school, so you guys are way ahead of me. Let me ask, because I know I can't hold you up here too long, but the NASA piece of this, and you, ta- and you touched on it, this washing machine prototype, you need to be working on NASA's situation with their toilet because I heard that was a recent problem. So that wasn't NASA's toilet. That was a, actually it was just a seal on the SpaceX toilet okay. because they didn't share the technology. Plus, I'm pretty sure that SpaceX didn't really want to spend. So NASA just sent a toilet up to the International Space Station. and They have a, a replacement for it still here on Earth. But those two toilets were $23 million. We're working on a project right now that NASA asked us to do that is actually directly driven for the SpaceX vehicles because Mm -hmm. they're stainless steel bodies. But when they go into space, the stainless steel actually becomes a ferrous material, and so you can stick magnets to it. So we're building a set of magnetic boots that allow the astronauts to go outside and work on the vehicle or bring in payload from a storage facility or storage bay with their crafts going to the moon and going to Mars. Basically, you can think of it this way. If Apollo 13 ever happened today while they were going out there, they could actually just go out the airlock with these boots on and and, uh, go fix the problem. How a mind can work to come up with these things just blows me away. And I know you credit so much your students But I have to feel, Luke, that you're the kind of guy that you could be just about in any school in the country, and you have the drive, and if you have kids that are also down that same road, I mean, a good mentor can have kids get down a fantastic road, and I really feel you're a big catalyst. You are the reason why you've got all these accolades, Teacher of the Year, in so many different capacities. you got to feel good about that, Luke, because I know we talked off the air, and you're very humble, but... You're doing some amazing things. My statement since before I won this was no teacher wins an award their students didn't earn. And I can explain to them that you take the the biggest problem and you find that one and you figure out how to solve that one. And then you figure out the next problem is you solve that one. You take them one at a time. But it doesn't work if our students don't want to do it. If they don't want to try, it'll only go so far. But the other side of this is, is we've got great community partners that have supplied resources and technology and parts and equipment and people that are willing to come and help us because there's no way I can do all this by myself. You know, it's, it's organizations like the Lions Club, the, the Minnesota Corn Growers, the East Central Corn Growers, Gene Haas Foundation, Minnesota FFA, almost every industry partner, you know, everybody in our area has provided something for us at some point in time. We can't do what we've done without that. It doesn't matter what I could teach the kids. I could never get this far. Aurelis built all the pumps and the the washing machine cylinders that we needed in order to make the washing machine work. And when we were asking them simple questions, you know, do you have something like this? They're going, why don't we just build the rest of that for you? We can do that in-house. We can do it quick for you. You know, the stuff that was going to be just an absolute nightmare for me to try to figure out. They had an engineer, and Peter was immense in this, 
know, they made it happen and helped us, and we wouldn't have been able to make it without it. I think, too, that when the door opened and you went to Bram, they also saw the ability to just say, you know what, Luke, you set up your program. They gave you the tools, because it sounds like your previous uh, situation when it was coming to teaching, you were struggling there. So that's been an awesome thing, too, that Bram saw the value in letting you do your thing. The day after I got hired, I had walked around the shop and the school, and I I made a list, and I put 10 items on the list. I walked in, and I was talking with our former superintendent, and he goes, that looks like a really awesome 10-year plan. And I had nine of the 10 items in the first two and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> we added the 10th one about last year, but we had nine of the 10 plus about five or six more really big ones that weren't on the initial list. And part of that was, you know, just a little bit of a drive. And part of it was, I was just surprised that, and and I had kind of joked that I said I was going to do it in three years, but part of that was the great partnerships and and the great support from the community that we had. And part of it was the kids were actually helping write grants and get some of the stuff. And that was really fun to teach those skills. Well, yeah, because they'll carry this their whole life. I mean, you're making such a huge difference on such a big level. You've made this a passion. You're helping so many people on so many levels. It's just an awesome story, and I'm glad I get to share it on the air with everybody else. It's just amazing. Well, and it's getting kind of fun because for so long I had to introduce myself as Luke Becker, not the wrestler. Um, (laughs) And now that doesn't happen nearly as often. And and nothing against that Luke Becker. He's done wonderful things. And he owned the community before I got here. And Mm. he's still more famous than I ever will be. But to make a name and to have a program where students want to do cool things and and the industry wants to work with us and, and take big leaps of faith with us, you know, it's a... It's a cool thing, and, and it's not something that happens in every community, and it's, it's not something that can happen in a whole lot of places. I'm happy and proud to be in Bram. And we're so glad to have you in the area. Like I said, I can't say enough good things about what you're doing. And here's my hope. I mean, I'm on the air, you know, Monday through Friday here at KBK. We cover a big part of the area, including Bram, of course. So I'd love to stay in touch. Luke, if you ever, you know, need something uh, to get the word out about, I'd love to be kind of a catalyst there to help you with that. I mean, a very small part, but I'd be happy to do that and love to stay in touch. And I will make a date with Ken Gagner and come down and see. I promise you that. Well, the Thursday before Mother's Day every year, we start our plant sale for the the greenhouse, and that's our big fundraiser to help pay for all the FFA activities. And so we're open that Thursday, Friday, Saturday for two weeks, and that's a a huge portion and a help. We found out last week that our Super Mileage International Contest is going to be at uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway, which we're really excited about, but that brings its own challenges and funding problems and, sure. and chaperones and all those fun pieces. So there's always something cool going on, but we're always trying to do our best to help the community the way the community's helped us. Absolutely. And Luke Becker doing so many wonderful things. We will stay in touch and anything you want to get on the air, I'm here for you. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. You have been listening to a Q Media Group production.